Welcome to Walk in Truth. These are the Bible teachings of Pastor Michael Lenz, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people and how to apply that truth to today's issues, trends, and culture. You can learn more about the program and our church when you visit walkintruth.com. And now here's the conclusion of Pastor Michael's son, Pastor Shane, teaching in Hebrews chapter 3, verses 7 through 19, called Hold Fast. Years ago, my wife and I were at an event. Some things started to transpire that we both felt uncomfortable with. It happened to be on a Saturday night, and I'm thinking, I'm getting up in a couple of hours to lead worship at church. We need to go. And I'm thankful for my wife, who um, has such a pure heart. And, and we just kind of looked at each other and said, I think it's time to go. <laughs> and it was uncomfortable, it was awkward. Let's not kid ourselves. Taking a stand on these issues is not easy. But the natural fruit and the overflow of a life that continually is on guard in these areas will be that that life will be sanctified and will be becoming more holy. Scripture says, be holy as I am holy. That's what the Lord says to his people. Be holy. Are are you holy tonight? I mean, really? Or do you blend in with whoever you happen to be hanging out with and just go with the flow? And man, I get it. It's easier. It's easier to just blend in. But ultimately, what the Lord says to us is, if you know me and if you're being sanctified and made more into my image, you're going to stick out like a sore thumb. I remember years ago listening to a message from Pastor Greg Laurie talking about being a light And it is funny how Sunday's message, as I was uh, sitting with you guys and listening, I was just thinking about all the ways that Sunday's message tied in with tonight's text about taking a stand and being on guard. And we talked about being a city on a hill and being a light. And I remember uh, years ago listening to a message about that from Greg Laurie, and he gave an example that I thought was good. And maybe you've heard this before, but if if not... um, He said, you know, when you're in a movie theater, in a dark environment, right, that, you know, you take out your phone and you think about like your, the the brightness, there's my daughter, you think about the the brightness of your phone screen. That's not really significant at all. In fact, this would not bother anybody in this, in this context, right? But in a dark atmosphere, that, that one guy that thinks that he's the one guy that's allowed to text during the movie, man, that screen is so utterly obnoxious, isn't it? And it's amazing how even a dim source of light in a dark environment sticks out. And that's ultimately the call on our lives as Christians is that we are to go into a dark world. And yes, you will stand out. And you will stand out and that makes you more vulnerable to persecution, to being ridiculed for your faith. And you can count it all joy, as James says, when you meet various trials. For you know that the testing of your faith produces what we're reading about tonight. You want to be able to hold fast, embrace the difficult aspects of your Christian life. James says, embrace them, count them as joy. I don't know about you, but when I'm uh, mocked for my Christian faith, I'm not usually saying, praise the Lord. Oh, that feels great. No, usually I'm like, wow, that really stunk. And I'm kind of (laughs) angry, right? You know, um, I've been a Christian most of my life. And uh, 
you know, my, my father explained to me the gospel when I was about five years old. And that is the beauty of the gospel that even as a five-year-old, I could understand that I needed a savior. Did I understand eschatology and uh, apologetics and <laughs> different aspects of theology and all these things that we study? No. But I, I understood one thing. I understood that Jesus cared for me and that he was the answer to all the issues I was going to face in life. That's, the, that's it, right? And then you grow from there. And praise God that it can be understood by children because the gospel is simple at its core. And I, I don't think I've really ever shared much of my testimony, but I did um, go through a pretty fair amount of what I would call persecution through my junior high and high school years. My parents put me in public school my whole life. Um, I was certainly not a sheltered child by any means. Um, I went to a pretty rough middle school. In fact, in seventh grade, I watched a kid get stabbed and almost die right in front of me because of gang-related violence. Um, and two of the kids that were involved in the incident were some of my closest friends that I grew up playing baseball with. And uh, my eyes began to be opened as a young teenager to the realities of how broken our world really is. And as I began to uh, grow in junior high and high school as a Christian and um, began to start to see things differently because all of us know those seasons of life where your eyes begin to be open to the fact that the world is really messed up and broken, um, I started to stick out a little bit more. And through high school, I was pretty brutally ridiculed for my faith. And I don't say that for your sympathy or your pity, um, but it was, it was rough for, for me in high school. Um, and it is odd now when I run into guys that I played baseball with in high school because I'm still doing the same thing that I was doing then. I was serving at my church and committed to the Lord, and oftentimes they're still doing what they were doing in high school, if you know what I mean. And... I had many days where I wanted to give up as a young Christian. Many days. I had many days where I dreaded the idea of going back onto that field and having to deal with being the butt of pretty much every joke. Uh, I was a musician from a young age. I played drums predominantly in high school, and I was really into death metal. Uh, Some of you will never understand that, and that's okay. Um, That's the one where they're like... Yeah. So, uh, if you were wondering, no way. Yeah. So, but I, I listened to all these Christian bands, uh, that were like death metal bands and like hardcore bands. And I loved it. Uh, it was super fun to play drums to. Uh, I don't listen to that music much anymore because I, I'm not that old, but I'm getting old enough where I'm like, Ooh, that's, that's a lot. Yeah. But every once in a while when I'm like trying to hit a max on bench press at the gym, I will put on some of my favorite impending doom songs. That's a Christian band, by the way. I think all their songs are written out of the uh, judgment passages in Revelation. (laughs) They're very fitting lyrics for that style of music. Um, But all that to say is I I remember uh, just years of being mocked for even the bands I listened to, uh, just Christian bands. And I didn't really use profanity in high school. I I remember one particular situation where I was dating a girl and I was not going to sleep with her. And I remember that that got around on the baseball squad and it was like a running joke for almost two months, like making fun of me for being a virgin. And um, just things like that. I think you get the picture. And my point in saying this is not to 
I don't need your pity. In fact, I'm thankful for those things because they stretched me in a mighty way through the Lord's grace. I, I, I made it through those seasons. And, but I had many seasons where I wanted to give up. And uh, I felt like I would go to church and I'd be told by people that I trusted, just keep planting seeds, the Lord will do the work. And I didn't see the Lord doing the work. Um, and those were hard times in my life. And I had many moments through my high school season where I'm very, uh, I'm, I'm very much able to look back on my, my younger days as a Christian. I know I'm still young, but as my younger days as a teenager, growing in the Lord and, and knowing that honestly what sustained me through that season was having church community. And, and frankly, having a father that was there for me. Amen. And... Um, I had some days where I went home during those seasons and I looked at my dad and said, I can't do this anymore. And I really wanted to play college baseball. So I wanted to stick it out because I wanted to succeed. And I ended up quitting the team my senior year because the Lord confirmed through a lot of different things, including a pretty bad injury to my left ankle, that uh, he had something different for me. And it was ultimately to be a worship leader. And, um, but I had a lot of seasons where a lot of days in that season where I, I, I wanted to give up. And having a, a mother and a father who were committed to the Lord at home, who set an example, and having genuine Christians around me who actually cared for my well-being spiritually, and they weren't just going to be yes-men around me, but they were going to challenge me, kept me afloat. And if you are struggling tonight to stay the course and to hold fast, you have to have community around you. You cannot be an island. You won't make it. And so I share a bit of my journey with you to encourage you and to say this, that in verse 14, our author says, back to Hebrews chapter three, for we have come to share in Christ if indeed we hold our original confidence firm to the end. Brother, sister, hold on. Stay the course. Because the reward that is to be in the presence of Jesus and to know him eternally far outweighs the struggles that you will face in this life. I look back on that season of my life and there's still undoubtedly some pain there. Um, but I also have run into guys over the last 11 or 12 years since high school, and I have had the opportunity to minister to them. In fact, in this very room, a few years after we had all graduated, one of the guys that a lot of us grew up with and played ball with most of our lives overdosed and died. And a lot of my baseball squad from high school ended up in this room. And guess what I was doing? I was ministering and I was on this stage leading worship in front of a bunch of guys that ridiculed me for my faith for years. And you know what they all said that day? Well, many of them, and they all called me Lance. I don't think anybody knew my first name. But they, they, many guys said, hey, Lance, thank you for doing that. And I said, we're here every Sunday. The door's always open. And so you don't know what the Lord will do. And some of you, I praise God for those little moments where the Lord said, I'm working. Don't lose sight of the fact that I'm working. Some of you haven't seen those moments yet. 
Maybe you have situations where you haven't seen any fruit and you're wondering if the Lord is doing anything. Hold on. Hold fast. You'll hear more from Pastor Shane Lance in a moment. I'm producer Rob of Walk in Truth with Pastor Michael Lance, reminding you that this is a listener-supported ministry, and we're really hoping you would consider becoming a Walk in Truth partner. Your contribution helps us broadcast on this station, provide the podcast, and with the -the behind-the-scenes work for this ministry, which reaches a lot of people like you. Please consider becoming a Walk in Truth partner for at least $10 a month and visit walkintruth.com to give. Now, I'm really excited about this. In fact, we all are. As a thank you, we'll send you more content from Pastor Michael and the Walk in Truth team. You will have quick access to our daily episodes. You can watch videos of Pastor Michael's most recent Sunday sermons and access to our bonus podcast and video series, A Step Closer. This month's series is called An Invitation to Intimacy, a look at intimacy in marriage through the Song of Solomon. Check this out. That's how I showed my anger. Mm. Not in words, but in, you can't have me. Mm-hmm. And that obviously took a toll in our relationship. Even for me, in a church that didn't shy away from it, it wasn't talked about a ton, but I remember getting married and my wife and I being like, this is weird. Like, so good now I guess. (laughs) There was infidelity, just a lot of financial issues, you know, all those things that make the top list of of why a marriage is hard. The Lord's given us all things to enjoy, the scriptures say, and freedom is a big word as a Christian. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, what's happened in the church is that the church has not always sent a message that we're supposed to enjoy life and be free. Mm. We've put a lot of unnecessary weights on people. Mm. And I'm not saying that there aren't boundaries and there's things that God wants done a certain way, but there's also freedoms that we can enjoy pleasure in life. (laughs) All this and more is available to you as a thank you for becoming a Walk in Truth partner. Please visit walkintruth.com and click donate today. That's walkintruth.com, click donate. Walkintruth.com, click donate. We'd love to see who's listening. So please connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Just do a search for Walk in Truth Show. Now back to Pastor Michael's son, Pastor Shane Lance, on Walk in Truth. And so you don't know what the Lord will do. And some of you, I praise God for those little moments where the Lord said, I'm working. Don't lose sight of the fact that I'm working. Some of you haven't seen those moments yet. Maybe you have situations where you haven't seen any fruit and you're wondering if the Lord is doing anything. Hold on. Hold fast. And that's really what our passage is hinged on because he says in verse 14, if indeed we hold to our original confidence, firm to the end. And then he quotes Psalm 95 again in verse 15, and he says, as it is said, today if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion. And then he asks some key questions as we wrap up our time tonight. He says this, for who were those who heard and yet rebelled? Was it not all those who left Egypt led by Moses? Here's what he's saying. None of the people who rebelled in those early seasons of wandering, it's not like they didn't know what God had done. They knew what God had done, but they lost sight. They forgot. They were led astray 
by an unbelieving and ever-growing, hardening heart. And so he's asking the question, didn't they all see what God did? And yet still they rebelled. 17, and with whom was it that he was provoked for 40 years? Was it not with those who sinned, whose bodies fell into the, in the wilderness? And verse 18, and to whom did he swear that they would not enter his rest, but to those who were disobedient? So we see that they were unable to enter because of one word, unbelief. Jesus often in the New Testament expressed disappointment in people because they did not believe. Jesus looked at people on multiple occasions and who knows how many times outside of recorded scripture and said, oh, ye of little faith, why don't you believe? What more is this if Jesus is saying, it's as if our author is saying, what more could God do to prove himself faithful? What more do you want? And we live in a culture that's constantly saying, oh, if the Lord would just give me a sign. Well, I don't know. I don't know if God exists. But the the scripture says that creation alone testifies to his glory. It says that no man will be left without, they'll be left without excuse. Because every man in the deepest part of his heart knows that there is a God. And they choose, as scripture says, to suppress the truth. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 12 says, Therefore, let anyone who thinks, this is Paul writing to the church in Corinth, says, let anyone who thinks that he stands take heed lest he fall. Be careful, he says. No temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man. God is faithful, and he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. But with the temptation, he will also provide the way of escape that you may be able to endure. Paul is not avoiding the reality that you will face temptation in the life as a Christian, right? No, he's saying you're going to be tempted, and every time you are tempted, your heavenly Father will faithfully provide you a way of escape, but you have to take it. You have to take it, and oftentimes we get to that crossroads as believers, and we say, I don't know, because as Jesus says, The road to destruction is wide open. It's wide open and many take it. But the road to righteousness, the road to knowing Christ and being with him forever, it's a narrow road full of many trials. John 16, eight through nine says, and when he comes, he will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment concerning sin because they do not believe. The children of Israel did not enter the promised land because of unbelief. Alistair Begg in a sermon on this passage says this, and I quote, it is not difficult for us to note that there is a direct interface between the deaf ear, the hard heart, and the wandering life. You show me an individual who while professing faith in Jesus Christ is wandering from the track, is trying to mark time along the middle ridge, as it were, somewhere between devotion and declension. And I can guarantee you that this individual has a hard heart and a deaf ear. A hard heart and a deaf ear. They may still be sitting, hear this tonight, out in the congregation while God's word is being spoken, but they do not listen. And they certainly do not listen with the ears of their heart. And their heart has become increasingly hardened. And the harder it becomes, the more they begin to find grounds for unbelief. 
oh, well, look at him and look at her and I don't like the way that this is done and I don't like, I don't think that that's how that should have been done. Alistair Begg says, it is a very precarious position in which we find ourselves. And that's why our author says in Hebrews 3.12, take care, see to it, lest there be an evil heart in any of you that would lead you away from the Lord. There's so much more that we could talk about tonight, but we are out of time. I want to share a closing story with you. Suffering from a degenerative eye disease, Eric Weinmare lost his sight when he was just 13 years old. But that did not stop him because on May 25th, 2001, he reached the peak of Mount Everest on a mountain where 90% of climbers never make it to the top and 165 people have died trying since 1953. Eric succeeded in large measure because he listened well. While climbing, Eric listened to the little bell tied to the back of the climber in front of him so that he would know what direction to go. He listened to the voice of teammates who would shout back to him, death fall two feet to your right, so he would know what direction not to go. He listened to the sound of his pick jabbing the ice so that he would know whether the ice was safe to cross. When we take a perilous journey, listening well can make all the difference. How well are you listening tonight to the one who's supposed to be guiding you? Jesus says, my sheep know my voice and they follow me. You must know his voice. Get well acquainted with his voice. Be able to identify it out of a crowd, out of the onslaught of voices in this life. Be able to hear and identify the voice of your heavenly father because he will faithfully lead you through the trials of this life. Amen. You've been listening to Hold Fast, Part 3 on Walk in Truth. And that was the conclusion of Pastor Michael's son, Pastor Shane, teaching in Hebrews chapter 3, verses 7 through 19. As always, if you missed any part of today's program, Walk in Truth is on Apple Podcast, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and many more podcast apps. Subscribe for free to hear Pastor Michael's teachings in more books of the Bible. Now here's Pastor Michael with a final word. Well, you've heard the writer of Hebrews say several times, today, if you would hear his voice, today, if you would hear his voice. And you might be saying, well, how do I hear God's voice? I sometimes hear, you know, Christians say, the Lord spoke to me. (laughs) Well, I'm not hearing that. So what do I do? Well, the primary way that we hear the voice of God is through the word of God. And so I would argue that you've heard God's voice in the last 25 minutes or so. You say, how so, Pastor Michael? Uh, that was, wasn't that your oldest son, Pastor Shane Lance? Yes. But he was preaching the word of God, which is living, powerful, and breathed out by God. I hear somebody wanting to say, amen, and we should. The word of God is alive. How do you know for sure that that's what the Lord has spoken? Well, you check your Bible. And if you need wisdom in a specific area, the Bible does give instructions about that too. For example, it says there's safety in a multitude of counselors, i.e. godly wise people. We pray. And often when I'm praying through something, the Lord will show me an answer through just going through the Bible or something I'm teaching or another pastor I'm listening to. So just keep your ears open 
and the voice of your shepherd will come through. This is Pastor Michael Lance. This is Walk in Truth. And tomorrow, we are going to start a uh, study on our superior and sympathetic high priest. We've called the overall series in Hebrews our superior and sympathetic high priest. And I'll tell you, these verses, I'll say it once again, are such treasured verses in my life because they're about our sympathetic high priest and how he helps us and stabilizes us and we can go to the throne of grace with boldness. This section of scripture is incredible. And I pray that not only will you join us, but you'll tell a friend what's going to air tomorrow. Hebrews 4, 12 through 16, our superior and sympathetic high priest. Tune in tomorrow. Tell a friend about what you're hearing. We'll see you then. And remember, Walk in Truth is a listener-supported ministry. Please consider becoming a Walk in Truth partner. Your contribution helps us broadcast on this station, provide the podcast, and with the -the behind-the-scenes work for this ministry. Please consider becoming a Walk in Truth partner for at least $10 a month and visit walkintruth.com to give. As a thank you, we'll send you more content from Pastor Michael. You'll have quick access to our daily episodes. You can watch videos of Pastor Michael's most recent Sunday sermons and access to our bonus podcast and video series, A Step Closer. This month's series is called An Invitation to Intimacy, a look at intimacy in marriage through the Song of Solomon. All this and more is available to you as a thank you for becoming a Walk in Truth partner. Visit walkintruth.com and click donate. That's walkintruth.com and click donate. And join us tomorrow for Pastor Michael's teaching in Hebrews chapter 4, verses 12 through 16, called Our Superior and Sympathetic High Priest. I'm Mike Massaro. Thanks for listening to Walk in Truth, where it's our goal to equip you to reach out with God's truth to all people.